Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this afternoon I'm joined by John Hughes and Patrick McGilp. We have been streaming on a daily basis live at 12.30 now for almost three and a half years this is the first time, and we've covered every game in that period, live, before, during and after the game. This is the first time we've ever had to try and uh, have a look at and dismantle and pick the bones of a 6-0 defeat. John Hughes, the first thing I think we talk about is the fan base. They've been mugged off last night. That's the first thing. People talk about dead rubbers in Europe. For me, if you've got a fan base who are paying their money and taking days off their work and being away from their family, to go and watch Celtic, they deserved better last night. That that was that was not acceptable. Uh, they deserved infinitely better than that. Um, it, and it's not a small thing. You know, people are not. You know, you're going away. You're taking time off your work, so you're not getting paid for that, right? Or you're taking holiday entitlement, which is very scarce for most people. Uh, you're then paying quite substantial sums in flights, boats, trains whatever it may be, to get there. Um, and if you're not going to slum it, it's going to cost you uh, a, a good few quid in accommodation as well. You're doing all that with the sort of contact with the, the, the club, really, that they will do our best, they will do their best, and we will do our best. Yes. Uh, and I, I believe the fans have consistently done their best. To the point where, if you are looking at it objectively, you know, purely in Europe we're talking about here, but if you're looking at it objectively, uh, how do you justify that to another person in your life? To, like, you know, let's say you've got a missus, you know, or a mister, or whatever it is, but how do you justify that? So you're going away, you're spending a fortune, you're absolutely miserable, you come back miserable, um, and uh, it hasn't done anything to improve. <laughs> you've just had a, a pretty rough go of it. Uh, and you know, so the fan, the fans are absolutely doing their best, especially in light of our Champions League away record, which is beyond abysmal, beyond a joke. Um, and then last night, which is just embarrassing. I, I was watching it back this morning. I didn't want to watch it back. I was watching back. Did you actually do that? That's massive. Uh, well, I didn't watch the game. I watched <laughs> the goals. But do you know what? Do you know what it is? You get to three 0 and you think it's another three to go. I know. You know, it's it's horrific, and uh, no, I, I feel heart sorry for all those people last night that took time and money and um, you know relationship credits out of their lives uh, to go away and do that, uh, yeah. and uh, that's what they were. Look, I mean, there's there's obviously you know there's always extenuating circumstances, but this is the thing: there's always extenuating circumstances. Um, there's always excuses when you seek to look for them. Uh, but there is a pattern of results that are just undeniable, and there has been for quite some time. And uh, so, fair play to the fans. I understand. We all understand that excitement. Oh, we can have a wait trip. Can't wait. Can't wait to go over. Can't wait to go with the lads or you know whoever it is that you're going with. 
and it's exciting and it, you know, it's something to really look forward to. But then when you get there and you know, we leak a goal in six and then they send it off. And for all intents and purposes, there's not a person in that stadium that didn't know the game was over at that point. You know, so you're there and you've travelled all that way and you get 20 minutes of entertainment um, and then, you know, you get, <laughs> excuse me, uh, the rest of the game is just masochism. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't blame people pointed, uh, people pointed this out, the guys leaving early. I don't blame people for leaving early. You're going to be kettled for an hour. Yeah. 45 yeah. minutes to an hour after the game, you're going to be standing there like a mug after just getting pumped 6-0. So if people want to leave, having spent all that money, that is up to them. Uh, because realistically, nobody believed for a second we were getting anything out of that uh, at, at that point. So if they want to go, that's their prerogative. Uh, I'm not going to preach to people about how long they should stay in a game when they've spent a fortune and all that time getting to that game uh, and doing their bit. They did their bit. They got there. You know, it wasn't them that made a horlicks of it. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I just look, at, you know, again, it's very frustrating. It's, it's difficult not to be angry this morning because uh, these are similar frustrations that, that we've had before. Uh, angry and a bit embarrassed. You know, that's the kind of yeah. pumping that, you know, we hope never to see. And I don't care whether we compete to win this thing or not, but we have to be able to put out a team that doesn't get pumped 6-0. And I don't care if they've got 10 men. Uh, you know, that's uh, 6-0 is, uh, you know, it's, it's not the first time it's happened. Um, uh, but the, the the thing about it was, in the past, we, we've had excuses where we haven't had the finances, all the rest of it. Uh, but we have now. We, we had enough money and enough resources to put a team on that pitch that would not give up six goals uh, and uh, people at the club decided not to do that. So I, I feel bad for the fans. Uh, as I say, they've kept their side of the contract. The club has not. See, this is a thing, John. We're not sitting here absolutely delusional saying that we want to spend enough money where we're competing at the later stages of this competition, that is beyond, you know, that is beyond where Celtic are in terms of our finance, the game that we play, the country we play, and we know that. But we need to do better than last night. This is the thing. Because if you don't, and the board continue um, to rinse and repeat, then it's quite clear that we're only there to pick up the cheque. Now, I I remember speaking on an away uh, trip to someone in the, the hotel foyer who... Uh, was counting their away trips and there were over a hundred. So there's John, you know, it becomes part of people's lives and their yeah. plans every single season, regardless of which European tournament we're in, they're going to be going to three, four, five, however, however many games. And there are Axon contributors and ex-contributors who are amongst that kind of group. Declan McConville was there last night, Natasha Miko. I know that Patrick's been to a few away days himself. And yeah, it, you know, the experience is part of the culture of uh, fans who go to away games to do their away days. Absolutely, I get it. Totally get that. But yeah, if they want to leave at any point uh, due to the, the desperate nature of our performance, then go for it. You know, they should not be criticised yeah. in any way, shape or form. And I actually think, Patrick, as fans, those who were there last night, us sitting here, I think we deserve better than what was served up last night. We'll get into the nuances of the game, things we could have done better, specifically last night. But I think there's wider range, ranging questions to be to be asked here, and I think first and foremost the, the fans deserve better communication. We don't know what the aspirations are of this board. Do they want just to be in the tournament like a tourist, pick up the check, as I say, going again next year, knowing that we're not armed for it? That's what the tagline's about. This was this was a comment last night. We've gone into that that gunfight last night, armed with a water pistol. That's what it felt like, and we capitulated. We didn't capitulate against Feyenoord. You can maybe argue that different level of opposition, down to nine men, but we capitulated last night and the quality was not there and that was all for for all to see. Not just us as fans, but all across Europe, Patrick. That was for all to see. The quality just wasn't there, was it? No, um, it was embarrassing. And I think we've all known really since the summer that the summer wasn't good enough, the recruitment wasn't good enough. And I don't think, as you say, no one's expecting us to go to Atletico away and 
you know, win the game. I think that'd be fanciful for us to expect that. No one's expecting us to win the Champions League. But I feel as if we're constantly underperforming a certain standard that we all expect. We're expecting a bit of pride when we go away in Europe, not losing 6 7 nothing. And you look back through previous Champions League seasons and you've got 7 nothing Barcelona, 7-1 PSG, um, 5-1 Real Madrid. It's becoming a, a bit too common um, for yeah. everyone's liking. And again, I'm not expecting to go to the Bernabeu in the new camp and win the game, but you know, try and keep a bit of pride about the club and about the team. Um, and then in other games, you know, that Lazio home game, that was a poor side. And I think if we signed two or three more players, we could have won that game. We could be sitting in four points and we could still be within a chance of progressing. Um, and I think, you know, it's hard to pinpoint who's responsible, but there's people at the club who their expectations are obviously lower than what the fans expect. And the fans are pouring in, you know, 500 quid for a season ticket, uh, 50 quid a game for the Champions League. You know, God knows how people afford to go to every single away game and European away game. I mean, it, it must be hundreds and hundreds of pounds to get to go to all three of those games, only to see us lose and lose heavily. And um, you know, we've been speaking about it since the results were released. You know, you've got seventy-two million in profit as of the thirtieth of June, and yet we're getting humped in Europe. We're not investing the money that we have, and as you say, there's no communication. We don't know what the intentions are with that money. We're hoping. We're thinking it might be infrastructure, maybe improving the stadium, maybe improving training facilities. Barrafield's going to take up uh, a big chunk of money, but you're sitting there with a team that we know isn't good enough to compete at the level we want to be. And um, there's people responsible for that who are still at the club. Oh, absolutely. And I was saying just before we came on there that um, it is gotten a performance like that has absolutely gotten Barcelona turned us over, like you say, Patrick, PSG done it twice, Real Madrid done it last season. You know, you go a wee bit further back, I remember at media, Bratislava uh, gave us an absolute pace and away from home, Nusha tells Amax. They were embarrassing, but this, like you say, is just showing you, this is a competition you're in, that's where you're at. You're not even good enough to be performing at this level. Paul, Paul John, I just, say, acceptable. I just say one thing, by the way, you go back and watch the highlights, we were incredibly lucky it was six. Yeah, I know. Incredibly lucky it was six. Could easily have been nine. Easily. Not for a bit of good fortune and a bar and a post here and there. Um, it, you know, that they had some very seriously good chances over and above uh, those that they put in the net. So, yeah. and don't, don't get me wrong, they, they scored some great goals, but we were just swamped. Yeah, so, we, we offered nothing really. So, we, they, were, they were all over us that second half. Um, all of my notes are about them. You know, I've got notes about how our subs coming on. What did they do? Well, they didn't do anything really, other than, you know, they didn't change anything because uh, the, 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 the flow of the play carried on as it was uh, and it just didn't change a thing. Uh, so we were outmanned and outgunned um, and it was painful, absolutely painful to watch. And at some point, you think, even at 3-0, you think, and I hate second-guessing managers' tactics, but you, you do really sort of think, Jesus, just put all the centre-halves on. You know, just let's stop pretending we're getting anything out of this. Yeah. You know, let, let's try and stem the, the tide. And uh, it was uh, it was really painful to watch, to be honest with you. And I, I'm, I'm sick of uh, using words like, you know, frustrating and stuff like that to try and be reasonable. Absolutely raging. It was raging last night, raging this morning. And there's other there's other things that happened there as well within that. But it really isn't. 6-0, I mean, we are so much better than that. You know, that is uh, that is Sevco territory. We are so much better than that. Uh, and, you know, we should be better than that in Europe with the resources that we have. I don't care what's happened historically in terms of the other companies we've got, as I say, because those were different times, different circumstances. You know, we're sitting there, as Patrick says, we, we have, you know, there are dragons sitting in their mountains of rubies, you know, and gold, uh, watching devastation on the pitch and just... Sitting there thinking more rubies, more gold, and uh, right. let's just you know, let's just keep on hoarding. Uh, it's, I, I don't know. It's, You're right. It's very difficult to articulate uh, the annoyance uh, sufficiently. I think. Yeah, 
I mean, you've got all that money. You've, you do have the finances. It's not about emptying a bank account for the sake of it. There's a lot of people coming in talking about recruitment. We will get to that. We'll get to Brendan Rodgers, uh, both his decisions last night, and also what he must be thinking moving into January, what we must do in January. And then maybe some of the, the bigger aspects of this in relation to the board. How are they performing, not just on the balance sheet, but in terms of um, what they're doing to improve and enhance Celtic's standing uh, in Europe, what they're doing to uh, tackle some of the big issues domestically. Um, and obviously there's the, the third issue at the moment. All this is raging on um, with uh, the, the fractured nature of the relationship with uh, our ultra group, the Green Brigade. So there's loads of things to, to talk about because unity is what Brendan Rodgers has mentioned time and time again. European aspirations, John, when your old fellow was playing, um, and I remember speaking to your, your dad about the uh, often forgotten semi-final that we got to, um, you know, where we should have beaten MTK Budapest and we were 3 nothing up and they beat us 4 nothing away from home. We then had the Liverpool European Cup uh, Winners' Cup semi-final where they beat us and there was uh, the Bobby Lennox goal that should have stood. And and I keep saying this, we weren't a fluke team that got lucky in Europe. Um, we had run after run after run. There were very few actually over that period of over a decade where we didn't perform. Famously, Dynamo Kiev knocked us out the season after we won the tournament, John. But I keep saying it, if you look at 64 to 76, 12 seasons, on nine occasions we got to at least the European stage uh, the, the quarter-final stage of European competition on nine occasions. And that includes the two prior to the European Cup win in 1967. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see... We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That was our European aspiration to be at the latter stages back then. What is it now, John? What do you think it is now as a club? Well, you know, as much as I am appreciative of all the respect my old man and his compatriots get, the fact that we still laud, you know, what is that, 57 years? I don't I can't even, 58, 56, can't remember. 56, yeah. 56 yeah. years, um, uh, and that's still uh, our main achievement, um, I think really sums it up, probably. Uh, you know, obviously there was fire the next year. We don't talk about that in my house. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, look, I don't want to bore everyone by repeating the things that I've been saying this entire season. And I, I've been saying them um, since the window closed and before the window closed. I've been saying them since Brendan arrived. I, I said at the time, Look, the most important thing that Brendan said in that um, interview of the press conference that he gave um, was that uh, they have set some uh, targets for Europe. Um, but there was no indication of what that was or what that meant. Um, and subsequently, that's very clearly not the case. Um, uh, and I thought that was the single most important thing that he said, that Europe was a, was a priority. Uh, and uh, they were going to, you know, obviously have uh, designs on that. And in terms of managing expectations, that's pretty much the worst thing he could have said, uh, because it really, really then just does set you off going, off oh, fantastic, at last. Because, as I have said more times than I can count on here, show me the plan. Show me what our aspirations are in Europe. You're, you're telling me that the, the part of the game which from which we derive the majority of our income 
mm-hmm. uh, in terms of playing side. We have no targets. We have no plan. So we have no plan for stabilisation. We have no plan for growth. We have no plan for expansion. And the thing is, you know, as the game of football has proven quite dramatically in the last number of years, you're standing still. You're going backwards at a rate of knots. If you're not progressing, you are regressing massively because everything else that's happening around you is firing forward uh, so dramatically. Uh, you know, you get things like then the Saudis are coming out and all the rest of it. You know, what's going to happen in Europe? How's that going to progress? If we're not at the table, if we're not even to be spoken of, if we're not eating the crumbs even from the European table, when that European league does reform, you know, when that idea comes back and it can't be resisted this time, we're going to be nowhere. We're going to be nowhere. We could be relegated to a backwater permanently. Right? So... You know, we don't have any plans, as far as I can see. They've never been made public. Why haven't they been made public? There's no accountability, as far as I can see. Does the man- manager have targets? What's his targets? Uh, beyond Christmas, is that it? Uh, is that, is that, do we know if he's failed then, or are the, cl- are the club just happy he's there? The manager doesn't tell us the targets. The club don't tell us the targets. Uh, the fans are completely in the dark. What is it that we're trying to achieve? We don't know. So... The club don't want us, I'm sure, to be frustrated and angry and all the rest of it. They just don't tell us what's happening. We don't know what's happening. Uh, so you're, you're left to draw your own conclusions. My conclusions are, and have been for quite some time, until Brendan opened his mouth and um, let, let me a merry, merry dance again, a merry dance of expectation and a bit of excitement. But the, the inevitable conclusion, given our away forum in the Champions League, and our general form of the Champions League is that they don't have any plans. They don't care. They are just there. Exactly as you said, they are happy to exist in that environment. That is it. They're there for the TV money. They couldn't care less about what happens. Couldn't care less about the fans paying fortunes. Couldn't care less about our expectations and our hopes for the club. And that's the thing about being fans. We're not the PLC. We are fans. We love the club. And I think we're realistic, John. We're not sitting here, you know, saying, right, we need to spend 50 million in a, a transfer window and we, we're going to be in the latter stages of this tournament. We know the restrictions of the Scottish game, um, the fact that this is our main income stream. If you play in another league, you know, our finances are dwarfed by much smaller clubs and richer leagues. And we know all that. But the one hint that I keep going back to, Patrick, and I, and I will continue to go back to it because I think the boardroom is stale. I think it lacks creativity, um, diversity of thoughts and ideas. Remember Ian Bankier, and I think maybe Declan was at this fans forum, and Ian Bankier, yes, I know he's left the club, but the rest of them are still there, and he was replaced by someone who used to be there. So, you know, it's not as if we've got new blood in the room, Patrick. Um, and I think that Ian back here uh, let his guard down, didn't he? And he spoke about the fact that, nah, we can't compete at this level. It was almost as if, what's the point? You know, let's win the league and you get that wee bonus at the end and that bonus is the money you get from the Champions League, even though we're getting embarrassed in the Champions League, even though fans, like we opened the show with, talking about are, you know, spending a lot of money. Some of them won't have it. Some of it will be getting banged on credit cards, all that kind of stuff. Some of them won't have the uh, holiday entitlement, and some of them will be falling out with their respective partners as a result of these uh, trips. And the next one will just be in the post uh, to Rome as well. Despite all of that, um, Ian Bankier said that we cannot compete. It was almost a, a resignation that we can't compete, so why try, Patrick? Um, and then you've got somebody with the ambition and the drive and the methodical kind of approach to his game that, that Brendan Rodgers has. And he's talking about his aspirations and you're kind of hoping there's a unity there um, and everybody's on the same page. But I've got my doubts now, Patrick. Yeah, it's um, it's it's hard to know where to go when you've got guys at the club who you seemingly can't get rid of. I mean, you can't get rid of these guys. These guys are liked by Desmond and Lawwell and you, you can go along to the AGM and use you know the, the sort of small uh, shareholding that individual supporters have and you can vote against these guys in the room. But then ultimately they get re-voted in by their pals who actually control the club. So you've got these guys who have been there for 10, 15 years, as you say, no creativity. 
Um, no real ambition either. Happy to just compete, take the 35 million and just lose six games. And uh, they've got no ambition at all. And, you know, I believe um, Willie Hohey said in an interview you, you uh, held about a month ago, I think he was of a similar view. He said that we're doing really well to actually be in the Champions League. And I, ref- I refuse to believe that when you rewatch that Lazio game. Lazio were really, really poor that night. And we could have we could have won that game. Um Feyenoord away, I didn't think Feyenoord were exceptional. Obviously, you're unlucky just before half time, you get two guys sent off. It's a bit of a freak uh, game, but I, I still think you should be going into games like that hoping to try and get a draw. Um so I don't think you, you can't compete at this level. If you look back to last season, should have beat Shakhtar twice, should have got six points, totally yes. underperformed. Mm-hmm. The, the idea that we can't compete is ludicrous. Um, because we we should have we should be competing with our current squad. Never mind if we took it seriously. If we took it seriously, you could be on six, seven, eight, nine points, and who knows where you end up. Um, but the thinking has to be different, and we don't know what the thinking is. Um, I think after I think it was going on in the Lazio game, Brendan said in a, a press conference he wants European football after Christmas. So that appears to be the target. Johnson said it on Monday night in an interview with Celtic TV. So we failed because. It would take a, a set of several miracles for us to get the Europa League uh, with two games to go. So, what are the consequences for failing? How do we prefer, prepare for next year? Obviously, step one is to win the league. Um, but you know, even when we're going through qualifiers under Dial, under Dial, uh, Lennon, we left the transfers to the last minute. Didn't take yeah. the qualifiers seriously. Passed up in thirty million quid. And now that we're in, we seem to be passing up on the chance. I think it's something like three, four million quid to win a game. You get mm. a million quid for a draw. And we're passing up all this money. You get more for a draw than you do for winning about five League Cups. And yet we seem to prioritise you know, domestic trophies, which we all yeah. love, to be fair. But there's much more money at stake in the Champions League. And we never take it seriously. We haven't taken it seriously since Gordon Strachan left, in my opinion. And um, you know, it's, it's hard to know how to fix it without actually getting these guys out of the boardroom and getting the people responsible for poor recruitment and small-time thinking out of the club. The big thing is, and, and I hear it all the time, you know, people say, oh, be careful what you wish for. Uh, look at how well run it is. Look at the balance sheet. I get all that side of things. I know that the business needs to run properly, and they are running that side of things properly. But um, as I say, it's still The boardroom is still. Listen, if we start talking about this um, on the night, of the Atletico Madrid game last time round at 2-2, every single person in the comments would say, why are you being negative, right? But after a 6 nothing annihilation, because that's what it was, I think it's only right that these things come to the fore, John. And, you know, I, I say to you, if there is any kind of positive from this, is that we bring these things back to the fore. We discuss them again. You know, we have been discussing them since day one on a Celtic state of mind. If you go right back, all the archive episodes are on the YouTube, even before you had the pleasure of seeing what we looked like and it was just audio. They're all on there. And we were speaking six and a half years ago, Kevin Graham and I, about European aspirations and we're still talking about it right now. I'm really keen to hear what everybody's saying in the comments section on a day like today, Pablo67. Welcome to the show. Qualifying for the Champions League is the board's only plan. That's the problem here. Yeah, happy to take the money. And uh, not sufficiently reinvest it in the playing squad, I don't think. I think that many people would agree with that. I want to talk about recruitment in just a moment. Martin McGarrigal, right, one. Rogers still attacking as we were dismantled last night. Just shows he doesn't have it in Europe. Two, the board also need to start to buy those £9 million signings again in January. Right, a couple of points you've raised there, Martin, and I think they're worthy of discussion, certainly. At this moment in time, Brennan Rodgers did a few things wrong last night, John. I would agree with Martin, but I'm not writing him off. I mean, he took a a club like Leicester, um, not only to FA Cup glory, but to the semi-final of a European competition. We can scoff at the Conference League. We're nowhere near getting to the semi-finals of any European competition, John. Honestly, I mean, do me a favour, Brendan Rodgers. Was Brendan Rodgers playing last night? Do you know what I mean? uh, You know, there's always a sort of tendency to overstate in these games what the manager can do during a game. Um, I'm sure he did make mistakes last night, but by God, your your heart uh, pushed to 
put them out from the absolute shambles that was on the pitch. Uh, and I'm not blaming the players either. You know, let, let's just be absolutely clear. Uh, the last Atletico game, the first half was probably the best I've seen us play in years. Yeah, absolutely probably. years. Yeah. And we uh, managed to come out of that with a draw to the great credit of those players. But as I said at the time, those guys were all fantastic on the night. Everything fell for them. They did brilliantly. They were playing miles above themselves. They were playing at the absolute extreme limits of their physical and skill capabilities, as far as I'm concerned. Um, So what do you expect them to do then? Just keep on producing that. It was a one-off. Do you know what I mean? These guys, they come out. We know it was a one-off because it's the best we've played in years. And right? we probably so, suffered for a couple of games after it, John, oh, because we, we took it to that did. level. You know, We absolutely did. You could see people saying, oh, they should be able to play 90 minutes. Again, do me a favour. There's 90 minutes and then there's 90 minutes. 90 minutes against Hamilton Aki's isn't a 90 minutes against Atletico Madrid where you are emptying yourself, you're absolutely emptying the time, you're giving everything you can, both attitude and physically um, and, you know that was like, that is a one-off that's as good as these guys could do, it's as well as they could do, uh, and there was no way that that was, uh, the chances of that being repeated away from home were slim best case scenario last night I reckon we get out of there with a 2-0 defeat, right, best case scenario, because they were going to turn up, they weren't not going to turn up twice so they were going to turn up. And we saw their quality last night. We are, we are not even touching the sides of that. Um, that is a tremendous quality they have. I mean, that boy Griezmann, geez, if I never hear his name again, it'll be too soon. Uh, you know, but they, they were absolutely sensational. Uh, some of the goals he scored were fantastic. But of course, we mm-hmm. have given them the run of the park. And the, their ability to pick out space when we are down to 10 was just unbelievable. I mean, you know, they were but they were picking out guys even when there wasn't space. It was just ridiculous stuff. So, I mean, look, they're far too good for us. Um, our guys did their very best. I'm not blaming the players. What I'm saying is, and what I've been saying prior to the window closing all summer, is that we have to do better with the recruitment. We have mm-hmm. to. Uh, we spoke about all the different positions, and that wasn't even... You know, we weren't, we weren't even talking about bringing things up to a Champions League standard. We were just saying these are the obvious defects. These are the obvious areas where we need cover. Uh, and we didn't even get that sorted. You know, so we brought in, I don't know, 120 project players, uh, some of whom will be out the building before we even remember their names. You know, again... You know, I'm going to have to repeat myself just for the basis of, you know, people in the comments don't necessarily always listen to all the rest of it. But when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Nobody's saying sign ridiculous price players. Nobody's saying, you know, play, you know, sign guys for 15 million and we couldn't afford their wages or we'd need to smash the wage structure or all the rest of it. Because there's a good chance you end up with that Phillips, you know, something like that happens. Um, and, you know, tell me if whether you think he's worth three times the salary of some of our boys. Now, the point is, when we are being successful, we need to be recruiting on an increasing gradient of potential. And we've repeat, sorry, Patrick, sorry, Paul, I'm repeating myself again here, but we are we need to be increasing on an increasing gradient of potential. So instead of your signings, your your prospect signings being one and a half to three and a half million, 
right? You're signing guys for six million. Absolutely. Yeah, you're Five much better yeah. prospects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you just step up gradually. No one's saying do something ridiculous and break the bank. That's just nonsense. That's not even a suggestion. You know, again, the wage structure couldn't tolerate it. But we need to be signing better prospects. And we cannot just keep, as I've said more times than I can count, resetting to zero every year. Every year it's as if we haven't made any progress. Every year. The board have got treated this year as if we're skint. You know, there has been no acknowledgement at all on the field that we've got this money in the bank. Just none. It didn't stop them. They didn't rethink for a second, you know, the signing policy. They didn't think, well, we should be signing anyone better. No, we'll just keep signing these lads at three million, three and a half million, and hope one of them turns into a world champion. It's just it's so frustrating. That is not a business model, and it is not a model for growth. It is not a model for potential. It is not a model to see us progress. Uh, all we're doing is resetting. And while we are doing that and hanging on for dear life in whatever European competition that we're in, the rest of the world's passing us by. We're going to be left for dead. You know, uh, and it's just it's so not good enough. And the board, yeah, you know, look, things could be much worse. We could be, as someone said, we could be, you know, uh, we could be owned by a, you know, a multi, uh, a, a, a state-owned, uh, you know, uh, company that is essentially washing blood money. Uh, so, you know, things could be worse. But for the guys that are there just now, we only have that to talk about. And the fact they're constantly saying things could be worse doesn't get you anywhere no. in life or in business. You know, if you're going into your boss every day and he's saying, do you hit your targets? And you're going, no, but don't worry, things could be worse. We could I be might not have turned up, I know. Do you know what I mean? I, I, see how far they get. I might have pulled a thinking. Ah, it could have been worse. You know, it's, no, it's, it's an absolute nonsense, man. It, it's defeatist, you know, John. Constant excuses and, oh, I don't expect us to do anything in Europe. Well, you should, because we are a club with a proud history, and we should be doing things in Europe. Um, we should be competing in Europe. And it's we don't and you can't even pretend. Oh, look, we don't have the resources. We do. We have the resources. So I, I don't accept the defeatist attitude. I don't accept the, the approach of the board, whether it's to the business model or to recruitment. Um, and I, I just I, I don't accept the fact that we can't compete in Europe. And it, it really offends me whenever you hear the likes of you know Bank here or Billy Hall here, anyone just saying, "Oh, well, we'll, we'll never do anything." And you know why we'll never do anything? We're not trying to do anything. You know, and the thing is, was that, that was the old Homer Simpson joke, wasn't it? You know, if at first you don't succeed, just don't try. You know, that was the... Uh, do me a favour. Anyway. But competing, this is the thing. Competing, we're not sitting here saying competing is getting into semis and, and finals of the Champions League. Last night is certainly not competing. You know, competing in this competition is not last night. It's not getting pumped. Six nothing. Now Matt Lowell was the head of first team scouting and recruitment at Celtic, and I think you've got to yeah you've got to question elements of last night's performance. Of course you do. You look at Brendan Rodgers. Could he have made more changes? John was saying get some more defenders on. Yeah, it seemed to work. We showed it up against Atletico Madrid the first time round. We didn't do that. One of our best, in fact, the best player this season, Matt O'Reilly, was anonymous. There are certain things on the night that didn't go well, but there are deeper there are deeper issues. Um, and when you're looking at the recruitment. Let's go back to the summer. Let's go back to the summer. And we've entered that summer window um, in a situation where we've lost three first-team players. One through uh, retirement uh, with Aaron Moy, who was a very important player for us last season. Starfelt leaves because he wants to be closer to his partner. That's that's fair enough. But he was a very, very important part of the defence. And that partnership they had with Carter Vickers was solid. And Jota, star man, he leaves. And we get all this unexpected money for him, right? So you go into that transfer window. This was not a transfer window to go in and basically experiment. It was not a transfer window to go out and buy half a dozen guys that might be good in 18 months' time. What did we do? So we bought in home. I think home's a very good player. Two and a half million quid. Loads of promise, 20 years of age. Is he one of these guys, though, Patrick, that you're looking at and saying instant impact? I think he's looked all right, but he's not an instant impact player. He is the other type. He is the guy that you develop at that age, at that profile. So he is that type of player on the left-hand side. And then you've got uh, Marco Tellio, um, AWOL at the moment. He's fit, apparently. Who knows what's happening there? You've got Yang, 
who's coming from, and I think, by the way, coming from South Korea with a bit of uh, credibility and calibre over there. Um, yeah, you know, is he an instant impact player? It, it, it uh, remains to be seen. You've got Kwon. We've never seen him since the preseason friendly. I think the last game he played was in a testimonial. You've got Naroski, barely seen him through injury. Uh, he's now fit, by the way, didn't make the bench. Lagerbjelk, Rogers clearly doesn't rate him because he's been fit and he's not been getting paid, uh, played rather. Palmer, yeah, he's made an impact. That's one. Nat Phillips on the bench. He'll be going back to Liverpool in, in January. Bernardo, he's a loan deal and he looks like a useful enough player. Is that good enough? Have we replaced the three guys we've lost, Patrick? I would say no. That's for me. If you're the head of recruitment, you've failed. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, again, not good, not got a lot of problems with some of the players. Home looks a good player, contributed two and a half million, not much of a problem. I imagine he'll be in relatively low wages as well, which I think is important because when you're talking about guys like Nat Phillips, I mean, he'll be on mega bucks, and that's just bad value for money. You need to get value for money. It's all well and good having 70 million, um, but we're not just asking the board to spend it willy nilly. We're asking them to invest it properly. And home, you know, it remains to be seen if he's a good investment, but he's, he's done all right so far, promising. Um, Yang, I like Yang, but, you know, it is the middle of November now and he's been given a lot of chances. Don't think he's scored yet. Um, I think he played well. He's been playing well recently, but again, you know, is that the calibre of player that we should be going for? Quan, absolute, you know, who knows what's going on there. Um, played against Atletico, uh, Atletico Bal, sorry, in the friendly. Um, looked rotten. Hasn't been seen since. Uh, Lagerbelka, shaky start. Was never exceptional. And again, not been seen since. I think he was on the bench last night, as you said. Norovsky's not in the squad, to be fair. Um, but again, he, he got injured after two games. You know, he's allegedly a brilliant player, but again, he's only played two games, four million quid spent, so remains to be seen. Lagerbielka as well, I'm pretty sure we signed him from a second division team, which is, you know, that's a bit of a risk, is it not? Is that the type of market we should be shopping in? Um, Same with Quan, Quan second tier, yeah. Aye, I, I mean, and I think this goes back further than just this summer. I mean, you look at last Agreed. season, and we can all talk about Angie's great recruitment, but apart from Alistair Johnson, you're sort of questioning who actually came in. I mean, Kobayashi, he's nowhere near the team. Uh, Moy, retired after a year. Hank Tabanovic, I don't rate him at all. I know some people do, but he was sent away um, to Stoke and I don't think he's set the world alight down there either. Um, you know, O might become a player, but again, he's been here for almost a year. Um, so there's a lot of questions over recruitment and it, it really hasn't been good enough. Um, and as John says, you know, 10 years ago, I think I said this a few weeks ago, 10 years ago, we're bringing in 8 million for Hooper, 10 million for Magidi, and spending 2, 3 million on Pookie and Berichter, and, you know, you might get lucky with a one-year Berichter, did you have to? We've already mentioned Nusha Telzamax, <laughs> and you bring up Dirk Berichter. Patrick, as if it was the And nowadays, enough. you're bringing in, you know, Alan Morrison highlighted it as well, you know, both Feyenoord and Celtic brought in 31 million euros in the summer. Feyenoord spent 31 million euros. I think we spent 17, you know, and we, we brought in 31 million from two player sales, which not got a problem with, you know, um, I think Starfield's come out saying he didn't really want to go. Um, you know, it's, it's tricky to know what, what went on there, but, um, you know, Jota, 25 million, you can't turn that down, fair enough. But we need to be reinvesting the money and we don't, mm -hmm. again, it's like Europe, we don't appear to have a concise strategy. We thought we did under Ange, it sort of went a bit wayward second season and then we seem to be back to the scattergun approach this season of um, we'll spend about 15, 20 million but it'll be sort of all over the place, you know. Um, we've signed a lot of guys this season with a lot of guys last season. Abelgard is another one that comes to mind. They make absolutely no contribution and we get lucky with guys like Palmer every so often and Aaron Moy and, you know, it, it's, it's hard to know where to go from here, really, isn't it? I mean... On one hand, you're dominating domestically. On the other hand, it's an absolute disaster in Europe. Yeah. And and by the way, you know, when you're not under that intense pressure, John, to defend and defend and defend, and, and you know, we give great credit uh, to to the guys that are performing at the moment, Liam Scales, Carter Vickers, we've been, you know, singing our praises for uh, weeks, and in particular Scales. And by the way, I thought, he, you know, he certainly wasn't the worst player on the park last night. But they're not used to... John, to that level of intensity when it comes to attacking and us having to defend like that last night. 
So our position has to be that the quality is there so that they can step up because once we come into come into that uh, contact with that level of team, there, there's players in there who they might be able to cut it domestically, but that's a massive step up and it's maybe a bridge too far for some of them. And I'm not singling out Carter Vickers or Scales here, by the way. I just used them as an example for uh, for another, well, for another it's, a, it's a perfect matter. example, though. It's a perfect example because... Essentially, you know, against Ross County, they could have both played at striker. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, they no, weren't, no they pressure. Yeah, they weren't no playing pressure. in defence. I, mean, I don't think I don't think either of them were behind their halfway line. They were all in the final third, pretty much of Ross County for almost the entire game. Yeah. So that is, you know, and then in those circumstances, they're getting pelters for not having the distribution of some sort of wonder midfielder because they're getting the ball so much, you know, and you're expecting them to come up with absolute perlers every time they breach a, a packed defence. And they go from that to basically running for their lives uh, against some of the best players in the world. Um, that's quite a difference in a few days. Mm. That's quite an adjustment. And it's always been the problem that we have and it's always been the challenge that we have. But it is the challenge. So you have to step up, right? You know that you, you know your games against the likes of Ross County, a ten-man Ross County, is not going to be a, a difficult game potentially. It's not going to be a, an issue. So you have to be mentally prepared for what's coming. And I think, unfortunately, last night uh, when we lost the goal, that's you know we carried on playing pretty well for the next sort of fifteen minutes. Um, and then that ludicrous, nonsense, ridiculous decision, uh, and uh, we go down to 10, and I just sucked the life out of the team for me. I, I just, you know, I, it sucked the belief out of them. I, I just don't think they believed it themselves, that there was anything good coming. Uh, and again, mentally, what you think they might be thinking is, they might be remembering even subconsciously, how absolutely wrecked they were after the first game. And, you know, do they want to give that much again uh, for a lost cause? Uh, and even even if, you know, I'm saying it just could be subconscious, just like, you know, th th this took everything from them that last, that last game and um, they're not going to win this. They're not going to get a draw. They all know it. Uh, and, you know, do they want to do it again? So... You know, again, there are circumstances there in the game, but the the whole thing always, you know, comes back to uh, the, the recruitment. Those the the last game was the best they could do. This was not the best they could do, and, and a lot of them were exposed. But you're talking about, you know, the play in a game like this. The, the problem is they have to play above themselves. If they play to uh, the level that they're actually at. That's what happens, you yeah. know. So it would it would have been without a man off. It would have been two or three anyway, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but you know, it, it requires our guys to give more than they, you know, are sometimes capable of in order just to squeak a result. And that yeah, all right. comes back to the same issue. You know, you're saying you you you're going through the list of guys. They are saying, you know, have they made much of an impact? Are they a decent player? Right. How about we sign someone? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Who steps onto the pitch and you just think, player. Mm -hmm. No ands, ifs, or buts. 
no, the whole crowd's just going, oh yeah, you know, and we can what, do it, John. Happened? You know, we can do and, it. And, yeah, exactly, we can do it. That's the point. Yeah, that's the point. We can do it, and um, that that's what makes it so frustrating. Of all the times, you know, we've been skint. We've had, you know, Fergus McCann saving the club. We've had issue, you know, a, a miserable time in the nineties and all of that uh, against the cheats, and then. You know, we're now in a position of absolute dominance. And what have we decided to do with that dominance? We've decided to sit in our hands. We've decided to do nothing with it. We've decided that this is good enough. It's good enough for the supporters because it's good enough for the people on the board. And the reason we don't keep harping on about the issues with the board is because people get bored with it. They want to talk about the football. It is not... It is essentially, although it's very important, it's not a, a PLC forum, but the makeup of the board is, is a disgrace. Uh, and uh, bringing the likes of Lowell back was a disgrace uh, against all sort of corporate governance standards. And the, the guys that have just been sitting on there are supposed to be executive or non executive directors who are supposed to be an impartial voice, and they've been there for about 20 years. You know, I mean, they're supposed to be replaced every couple of years. and There are no independent voices. So, you know, essentially, Desmond barks and they do what they're told. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, and Lowell is a conduit for that. Uh, and again, yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's sort of frustrating because we know that no matter how angry or upset or passionate we get, uh, they will do nothing. This is a frustration because you were talking about when was the last time you got a player who goes in a team and you, you know straight away. And I, I responded, John, saying we, we know we can do it because we actually did it in season one under Ange Postacoglu. That was only three seasons ago where we knew that every every signing really had to make an impact. And, you know, Abada, Carol Starfelt, Kyogo, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Jota, and then you come into the January, Hatati, Maeda. You know, and you're thinking, O'Reilly, who could forget? And you're thinking, we can do it. Did we become complacent because we won a double, then a treble? Did we become become complacent? History would say yes. Um, Chris Morris, a.k.a. AGSC Tech. It was never a red card. The boy actually uh, bluters the ball at Maeda, and he actually moves his foot forward. Maeda and their feet collide. Sorry, that's been... uh, yeah, your sorry, there, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Can I just say that comment? If you watch that back, no matter how many times you watch it back, if Maeda doesn't have his foot up there, that guy takes out his knee, mm-hmm. right? So he follows through in that, and he taking hits Maeda's knee into the stands. Uh, so if Maeda didn't have his feet up, it'd be him getting stretched off. Um, and would there be any VAR about that? And by the way, uh, clear and obvious. You know, three words, but very important, clear and obvious. That was what VAR was supposed to be for. Mm-hmm. If you look back uh, to the, the, the pods we did when it started out, I said exactly this because I saw it happen in the rugby. You know, rugby's my other game, so I saw it happen in the rugby. It's supposed to be a useful tool. And as someone pointed out, it's only a useful tool unless it's operated, it's not operated by useless tools. But the, the, it's supposed to be a useful tool, but it ends up dominating the game. Mm-hmm. Rug, rugby, for instance, is a very, very stop-start game, like cricket, right? It's, you know, that's fine. There's lots of stoppages in the rugby. It doesn't really bother that many people. It's a bit of a pain, but that's fine. But for football, it's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. It undermines everything that's good about the game. And yeah. that was not a clear and obvious case where they have to come in and say that's a red card. If Maeda goes through him, hits his knee, puts him up into the stands, fair enough. The fact that you can sit and debate it, if it's debatable, if the ref saw it, gave a yellow, then it's debatable. It's not clear and obvious and absolutely should not have required the intervention of VAR. And we've now got a situation where VAR is refereeing the game and the guy on the pitch is just, uh, he's just communicating the will of the VAR officials in a van out the back or whatever they are in the HQ somewhere. Uh, but that is not what it was intended for. No. It wasn't intended to referee the game. It was intended to aid the referees. And the thing is, John, 
Um, and again, this is one of the great things about social media. There's there's some drawbacks on it, some negative things about it. But, you know, people do capture some of the other moments of the game, uh, some that you may have missed because they've not gone to VAR and, and you don't see the, the replay from every angle. But there's a tackle against Kyogo, Patrick. There's a tackle on Alistair Johnson that looked just as bad as the one that Maeda put in. Didn't even go to VAR. I mean... I also think that very, very quickly players and management find a way to manipulate the fact that VAR's there. And I mean, Rogers obviously seen it last night with the reaction of Simeone. And it's like the pressure then comes on to review it as well. So they found a way very quickly, footballers, to manipulate the situation and roll about like mad, thinking to yourself, you know, this might go to VAR because we're going to put a wee bit of doubt in the minds of everybody that's involved here. I thought it was a ludicrous decision, uh, looking back on it. I asked the question last night. Kevin McCluskey responded exactly the same. Um, and, you know, when you watch it again this morning um, in the cold light of day, knowing what, what has gone on, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm not clutching here. I'm not looking for excuses here. But in isolation, I thought it was a bad decision. Um, and I think VAR is really sucking the life out of the game as well. Patrick, and it's no Scottish football. I can see it online with people all over Europe speaking about that in the same kind of same kind of terms. Um, but it, it's clearly here to say it's here to stay, Patrick, isn't it? I mean, what was your thought on the red card last night? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a red card. Uh, when you see the still image, it looks like a red card. But when you see it, I mean, it doesn't even have to be in real time. It's slow motion. You know, it's not a red card because he's went to kick the ball and the the, the feet collide. Only in that one still image does it look like a red card. And, you know, John's right, VR is not being used how it's intended to be used. I'm pretty sure these reviews, you know, it's for big decisions. Fair enough, they've stuck to that rule. The reviews aren't meant to take more than 60 seconds. That's well out the window. There are reviews down in England and often in Scotland that take two, three, four minutes. You know, it, it wound up and no end. It still does uh, from that Tottenham-Chelsea game on Monday night. Um, and then, as John says, it's only as good as the people using it. And as we know in Scotland, and as we knew last night, I mean, the referees are absolutely hopeless. Uh, the the one at Tynecastle last October, the handball, is this, the, the, the very first game VAR was used in Scottish football, and they missed an obvious handball. So it, it doesn't work if the people don't use it correctly, and it's used far too often. Um, the, the other issue is, every time you go to the monitor, you know it's going to get overturned, yeah. which seems to be some sort of issue. I don't know why that. I don't know why that happens. I'm not sure why the referee's incapable of thinking for himself. Because um, when he goes over to that monitor, he should see that that isn't a red card. And you've got to draw the conclusion that that guy's a poor referee. Because we we had him, um, I want to say, eight and a half years ago against Inter Milan at the San Siro. Uh, Van Dijk gets sent off incorrectly. And he booked so many Celtic players that we get fined out of disciplinary. Uh, and we, we lodged a complaint. And... Um, you know he's he's made his way from the Europa League to the Champions League, uh, so it's 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 a question of referee and it's a question of our um, in terms of last night anyway, because th there's no way that's a red card and as you say it's it's probably here to stay far, but there's so many decisions now that you just wonder right it's taking too long it's the incorrect decision and it's stopping the game, um, it's I'm not a fan at all not a fan at no. all. No, absolutely not. Um, the other thing as well is, you know, in order to to improve, obviously there's things we can do, John. It's whatever's in your your kind of circle of influence. And uh, one of the things is bringing players in to improve the squad. Uh, we could probably dedicate several shows to whether or not that's happened in the last three transfer windows. Um, and then every so often you get that wee nugget. You get an Alistair Johnston, perhaps a Palmer. Um, and I'm not writing... Uh, guys like uh, Holm or, or Yang or, or Olof because I think they've shown enough that they could well be prospects but they're not immediate impact players and this is the, the issue I've got there. And then as soon as we do get a player, John, be that a first-team player like Matt O'Reilly being the, the next example perhaps or a youth player like Ben Doak or you know several others, you could actually put a whole team of guys that have left without kicking a ball for Celtic. I know Doak got a few minutes. We can't keep them. We're in a situation, John, where we just don't have the ability, or do we, to keep them at the club any longer. So not only are we tourists in the Champions League, we're, on, we're also just being used as a platform for guys to, to come along and get a bigger and, and more lucrative move. Um, and whilst we're in Scotland, John, that's not going to change either, is it? No, uh, but again, 
there, there are elements of things that we have done well. So you, you, you put them on a long-term contract. Mm -hmm. uh, now, that works for, uh, again, the, the better players. So we're able to hold on to them or at least extract maximum amount of money. It works relatively well for um, the, the players who turn out not to be so good because you're punting them on anyway, whether they want to go or not, because they're never going to see, uh, they're never going to get their studs onto a football pitch um, unless they move on. And unless you're James McCarthy, that's a problem for most people. Right? So th there are elements to that that work out well for us, but we can hold on to them. We're always going to be cycling through certain players which is why we have to be bringing in quality and not quantity. We don't need 35-odd players. We don't need a, a, a squad that's so big, we don't even need uh, Philip for Europe. You know, I think in all of Ange's time, I think he used like a maximum of 17 players. Um, and the only reason we've used more now is just because of how many centre-halves we had injured, and that was a freak incidence. Uh, which is unlikely to ever happen again. But we need a core group of quality. Uh, and, you know, we need the kind of players who, when they're not playing, you're very worried about losing their quality, especially at Champions League level. You're just thinking, oh, geez, he's so important to us. You know, at, at, at this level, at the kind of level they were at last night, there's not a single player we have uh, that, that stacks up against that. Um, so, again, you don't want to be unreasonable. There are restrictions on us. You don't. I mean, again, I, I'm 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 passionate, but I'm passionate about the things that we can control. I'm not a dreamer. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I believe. You know, I I'm a businessman. I, you know, I believe I can see what the business is trying to do. I can see what the business is trying to achieve. Um, I just think they're doing it very badly. Uh, and not achieving anything, and I don't think they have the basic things in place because they don't have to, because they don't have to tell us anything. So they're just happy going on their way, uh, taking the dividends, uh, and um, you know th th they'll be happy doing that. Uh, there are, you know, again, our guys have a real problem with um, you know uh, stepping up, but the issue, as you're saying, Paul John, is the likes of Matt O'Reilly plays a blinder all year. Will he be gone in the summer? Almost certainly. Mm -hmm. Almost certainly. What are we going to replace them with? Three, three guys, million pounds. Yeah, three guys at three million. Yeah, do you know what I yeah. mean? And you know, are we even going to attempt to get uh, someone as good as him in? And, and you know, yeah, the matter really didn't even cost a pile of money. But we went from that initial recruitment, as as both you and Patrick have pointed out very well. Our, all of the guys, pretty much that we have now, were recruited. Uh, very soon into Ange's tenure. Uh, and we haven't really seen much success since then. So yeah. I, I don't know who was making recommendations or had those up their sleeves. Uh, but we've also gone from signing Japan's best player and putting them on the bench to signing guys from the Korean second division. Uh, you know, so where, where does that... Exactly how much potential, you know, do you think you have to be shown in order to get signed for us? Uh, so, look, there, there are a number of issues that we face, uh, and the my frustration uh, is that the 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 parts that we can control, we choose not to control. It is a choice, right? There are certain things that we can't deal with. We, you know, we we can't control the outside world, but we can control what we do, what Celtic mm -hmm. do. And we choose not to do better. You're right. I mean, by the way, uh, I know he's been chatting uh, over the last few days, but not only did we lose Moy and Jota and Starfield, I think we lost like, a fair bit of quality in Yakamakis and Juranovic. And, yeah. you know, they, these guys might have wanted to leave, I get it. But you, you've got to then say, right, have we have we successfully replaced them? Um, is O a like-for-like -like improvement? Or, or even a match for, for Yakamakis, there's a debate. It's Johnston. It's um, a very short debate, Paul John. It's a very <laughs> short debate. <laughs> yeah, we could finish that before the end of this show. Um, and, and Juranovic, you know, versus, versus Johnston, we bring in Johnston, he's younger, I get it. But we have lost quality, John. There's five players we've mentioned, of real quality that we've lost. And then you're bringing other guys into that squad almost as filler. 
One final point, and yeah, it's a wee bit deeper, but the recruitment policy is one thing. Uh, youth recruit, you know, youth recruitment and development is another because we bring in a player like um, Quan, for example, to use an example. Uh, he's 22 years of age. 22 years of age, and he's played 80 games of senior football, many of which were in the second tier of South Korea. Why can't we produce a 22-year-old midfielder to do what, what Quan has done, which is absolutely nothing at the moment. And that's a frustration for me because I do think that uh, we are producing players and they're just, they don't see a pathway and they leave. And I'm hoping Vata is not the next in a long line of young guys that have left because he does have talent. Listen, we could go on all day. It's uh, not great after a 6 nothing win, but these are points that need to be discussed. Hopefully we can dust ourselves down tomorrow and start uh, looking ahead to Sunday's game against Aberdeen. Uh, but these issues will remain and we will have to discuss them between now and January. What will we do in January? I think you've got to do better and you've got to try and keep uh, Brendan Rodgers happy because let's not forget, he's, for me, the best calibre coach we can have at this moment in time. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. 1,200 strong on a Wednesday. A lot of frustration in the comments section. Thanks, everybody, for, for getting involved in the chat. And thank you to John Hughes and to Patrick McGill for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Hail, hail. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.